Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 9. Is that correct, Andy? That is correct. Okay, I almost blanked on what season it was. Uh, Yeah, the New York Rangers uh, got a very nice, much-needed win against the Arizona Coyotes on this Sunday evening. Uh, Tough loss against Predators yesterday, but we'll get into everything with the New York Rangers and the roller coaster ride that they have put us through so far this season. Uh, But first, I got to ask, Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I spent uh, the weekend visiting a friend uh, upstate close to Albany, so that was nice. Um, You know, obviously, with as far I went to the Ranger game, as as the listeners know, I went to the, uh, the Islander game, so the sting from that was still lingering going into the, you know, the next, uh, three games, but, uh, yeah, nice dominating win over, uh, the dam finally breaks versus the red wings and then tough, uh, one goal loss to the predators. And then, yeah, nice, uh, on a night where they didn't have their legs to start the, the Rangers pull it out and the, the dam breaks once again against the uh, Arizona coyotes, so uh, yeah, all in all, doing doing good. Uh, I w- I'm wishing the Rangers' record was a little bit better at this point in the season, but it is what it is. It seems they seem to be ironing out some kinks, but you know. Yeah, it. it I don't even know honestly what to make of this team. I <laughs> I, I really don't because they're yeah. they're so weird. This is the weirdest season that I've remembered probably in the past decade because. Yeah. Just look at this month, right? We start this month off on the first playing the Philadelphia Flyers. We beat them one nothing in overtime. And it was one of those games where neither team wanted to make a move. It was just tight and it just it, nothing happened. And then they play a run and gun style two days later against the Boston Bruins and kind of get blown out there at the, in the third period. I'm stuttering right now. And then, you know, they go... They go home, they play the Detroit Red Wings, blown lead, losing overtime. They play the Islanders. All right, they're going to have a fire in their belly. No, same thing. They get the lead, they blow it in the third, and they lose to the Islanders. You're like, okay, what the hell is going on? And then they go to Detroit, and they put up eight goals. And you're like, all right, this is the New York Rangers that I know. They could score in bunches. You know, they're going to, you know, be able to beat you different ways. They're getting production up and down the lineup. All right, we're back on track. Nope. They can't score at all. They get absolutely, you know, they're throwing shots on net. Nothing's happening. No puck luck whatsoever. And they lose to the Nashville Predators 2-1. to one. This game, just, just this game alone was a roller coaster. I mean, you know, they struggled with their legs. They traveled last night after a tough loss. Um, you know, Arizona was hot out of the gate and then, you know, the Rangers eventually found their legs. They just kept on peppering shots, getting shots through and, and eventually they had a little puck luck and things went their way. So here we are, uh, you know, halfway through November, we're not in the position that we want, but, you know, we're able to keep ourselves, you know, kind of in check here as we, you know, approach where I would like to be in a 
you know, playoff spot come Thanksgiving. So we only have a few games before then, which is pretty incredible how fast the season's going already. But yeah, Andy, I, I just, what do you, what do you think this is? This has got to be all mental, right? Um, yeah, I think it, I honestly, I think, cause I, I have really been thinking long and hard about what to make of this team and why the results have been what they have been so far. And I think a big part of it is mental. I think a big part of it is, I think it's a combination of everything. I think there's a mental aspect to it. I just think there's a luck aspect to it. I think there is a, a schedule aspect to it. And it's just, I think it, I think it's primarily mental, but at the same time, it's also, they've been at times have been, have some unfortunate luck. Uh, some of it's their own doing. The fact, I think that they're literally their, their depth is shoestring. And I think the, uh, the precipice between a good NHL team and an undermanned one is very narrow. And I think that's why even just seeing, just switching the lines makes such a huge difference uh, with this team. You know what I mean? So where it's like some, I feel like last year they had enough bodies that they could move some guys around. And, but for the most part, they had the players they wanted in their spot. You knew, you know, the Panarin and Strom duo was, going to stay stay as they were and you knew that especially in the second half of the season once they got Vetrano and Cop, where it was just you didn't have to worry about these things but uh I think it's mostly mental I think the fact that literally until tonight I uh and you know maybe the Bruins game are the only really only two uh, games this season where they I felt the Rangers got or at least early on in this game outplayed you know what I mean where at least when you look at it, it was, but they were usually victims of their own hubris and, and dumb mistakes and just taking their foot off the pedal. Uh, the funny thing is I think the way the game played out tonight against the, the coyotes was a classic, was classic OG New York Rangers, uh, which, and lo and behold, Igor was amazing because he got nice and warmed up. They didn't do jack shit and they allowed seven, what, 17 shots or something in the first period. Something stupid. Yeah. I, I mean, I threw money on the over for Shesterkin saves was 24 and a half. I won like halfway through the second period. It was yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Easy money. Yeah. So, I mean, and we've been saying what's going on with Igor. And again, I think when he sees rubber early and often it warms him up. But that's also a dangerous game to play. You don't want to let start the game by like letting him see shots. But so when he's just waiting there and you see even defensively, I thought, well, obviously the the first period is I, I, I don't know if you can really make an honest assessment. This is a team that was clearly has done a lot of road travel, a lot of games in quick succession and was just didn't have it in the first period, they, you know, but I knew that was going to happen. I was like, they're not going to have, and especially I think coming, um, you know, the coyotes were coming off of, uh, a loss yesterday too. So right. I just knew they were going to be hungrier to on their road and their road trip with a win where the Rangers felt they were coming back to the comfort of home versus a, a lesser opponent, quote unquote. So you just knew it was a recipe for disaster. Um, but yeah, it felt like a classic Rangers game where they just they don't have it. Igor gets barraged, but he holds them in there, and then they finally they break through. You know what I mean? That was the Rangers playbook last year. Uh, and I think from a momentum standpoint, it's it's almost hard. It's I think we've spoken about this. It's almost easier for them to chase the game and then pull pull through or pull ahead than it is to like take control early and go up and then have to hold it. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I, I think mostly to your point, this is mostly mental and I think they're trying to figure out what the new look New York Rangers is as a team. And it's definitely not comfortable. They're still breaking in the, the shoes. They're still a little, little stiff, you know, there's still some, uh, some, you know, scabs on the, on the back of their, uh, you know, their ankles, you know, as they break these, uh, these shoes in. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think one of the biggest changes that I've liked so far this season was Gallant putting the kid line back together. I think they just lacked depth. And when when you're struggling to score and struggling to find consistency, the best thing you can do is just attack your opponent with you know waves of pressure, waves of pressure. So I do feel like they do get that wave of pressure. Uh, you know, whether or not they're putting the puck in the net is almost a like a period by period basis. But I do like the fact that we're three lines deeper. Um, 
I just feel like a little bit more comfortable knowing that we have the kid line who's been, I think, our most consistent five on five line. Uh, I don't like the question marks we have on our top two lines, uh, whether, you know, what wing is going to be playing, you know, crafts off has a toothache, or <laughs> his belly hurts or and a flu. Yeah, a flu. I, I don't know what what's uh, going on uh, with that. But, uh, you know, I, I just kind of I guess my next question for you, Andy, is how concerned are you with the top two lines now that the kid line is back together? Uh, I'm not as concerned. I mean, Panarin. I would like to see a little bit more even strength scoring from the Panarin line. It seems like the Kreider and Mika line, you know, Mika finally got his first five on five goal uh, the other day. Um, yeah. You need And that. I thought, I thought that that line was good. You know, the Panarin Trocek line was fine. I've liked Trocek's play a lot. Um, again, you, I think you see his skill set is more, is less, or Strom was more of a finisher. I don't think he's as much of a pure like opportunistic finisher is Strom, but he clearly drives uh, possession in the zone and does a lot of the hard things and chases down pucks and, you know, turns the play the other way. So I might, you might have to live with a little bit less scoring on the, on the Panarin line, but at the same time, I think overall, usually when they're on the ice, it's something good's <laughs> happening. Although early on, there was a lot of defensive warts. Uh, I think one of the biggest surprises has been, and I'm not saying I necessarily think he's <laughs> where he should be, but I think Jimmy VC, just based on how hard he's played for this team, he's once again finds himself in the 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 role of like the uh, the energy guy who does everything the coach wants and then gets rewarded with more ice time, uh, which is a shame because I do you know I think VC, although he does have more skill than maybe a a fourth liner or a third liner. I think in our ideal world, you do want him to be a third liner, but I, I have seen a little bit. Of, I've seen some game elevation from him. He's getting chances. He's getting breakaways. He's coming back hard defensively. He's a totally different player than when he was with the Rangers, you know? So it's pretty cool to see that how hard he skates and how much he mixes it up. And he does the, the dirty stuff, which is funny when you think about that, um, that clip from that, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, road to the Stanley cup or whatever, where, uh, I think what Sheldon Keefe basically uh, or Dubis like made fun of him or said he didn't know what type of player he was and then like basically traded or put him on waivers or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I I think again, I think you, you can argue that this team still needs uh, as a crafts office cannot stay in the lineup and is still finding or discovering his game and B of Jimmy VC playing on the first line, you can argue they need another right winger. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. they definitely do. It would be nice if they, uh, obviously it would be nice to have Pavel Buchdevich right now, but obviously the, the money would not, who knows how the money would work out. But uh, it's nice to see the, the third and the fourth line start chipping in goals here as they finally solidified uh, a bit, you know, with the just Gautier and Blay seem to be a good pair. I think Blay is finally showing a little bit more, you know, and he's coming back from a, what, AC, a torn AC, ACL. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to take him a while. But he was falling down a lot earlier in the season, but I think he's already got a little bit more spring in his step. And, and yeah, Gautier hasn't really looked back since uh, coming back. He's just doing what he's got to do. So, yeah, they're, you know, luckily Gaudreau, I think, has the most hockey sense of anyone down there, even though he's a little bit slower. So he's getting a lot of tips and dirty goals and going to the net and, you know, I think the the Rangers are really catching teams off guard when I think we and you saw in the Detroit game is that sometimes just rolling and, and on partial changes, just having whoever's left continue possession instead of doing a, you know, a wholesale change. And that's why you've had like Panarin feeding, uh, you know, Barkley Goodrow in front of the net, you know, so. Right. Yeah. And and that just goes to show you what depth can do. And, you know, when teams are rolling, they get into a rhythm and it's just so much easier to play that way than it is to, you know, feel like, well, there's zero threat on this line, so hopefully they just break even. And then, you know, the, the, the first line comes back on and they have to, you know, then take energy, get the puck out of the zone and establish a forecheck once again. So, um, you know, as long as they can kind of stay in the rhythm here, I'm pretty confident in what, you know, you know, what this team can do uh, in terms of, you know, offensively putting, you know, numbers up. Like, obviously, they did against Detroit and they did here tonight against Arizona. Uh, but, and I know you're going to have freaky, weird games like they did against Nashville, but you know, again, this season so far has been just an absolute roller coaster. And 
you know, I honestly really don't expect uh, anything to really fully change until, you know, I mean, it just feels like, all right, you played two good games out of three. You got, you know, much needed two points tonight, a few days off, and then you start, you know, the West Coast trip, which yep. is going to be a defining moment, certainly in the season, because, you know, you really are desperate for points. And I hate to say this, and I don't want to make predictions here. You know, it's easy when you're winning and it's fun. You can make predictions. But we, at the minimum, need to go 3-0-1 against, you know, these teams. We have Seattle. We have the Sharks. We have the Kings, who are a tough team. And we have the Ducks. And, you know, in my eyes, you know, Seattle and L.A. obviously being two of those better teams that we're going to have to face out West. Um, you know, the Sharks and Anaheim uh, struggling to start the year but you know obviously we lost to the san we lost to san jose at our barn and uh you know we're gonna have to you know come out you know once again uh, and play our best hockey to beat teams like seattle and la on the road so um you know it's just it's a defining moment in our season uh you know i'm not gonna you know jump ship if you know obviously if we struggle this road trip but you know, this is a this is a trip where I think this team really needs to find themselves. I think certain players like Truba and uh, you know, I'd say even like Keandre Miller, uh, even Lindgren a little bit. You know, it's gonna help. You know, maybe get on the road, be away from home a little bit. It's a you know fun time of the year. You know, it's a good bonding trip for the boys. You know, I think they have a lot to kind of process here as we move towards you know the end of November. Uh, my question for you, Andy, I guess, you know, looking at this road trip, you know, do you feel the same way? Do you feel the, do you feel the desperate need to get points that I do right now? No, I, I definitely do. I think, again, I, it's like when you ask me, I think the Rangers, if they can somehow make it to the playoffs, I'm not really that worried about them, even if they were current, as they were currently constructed, because I just feel like, it almost feels like that, like they're not, there's not as much internal motivation to like, just like make the playoffs, make the playoffs. We got to make the playoffs. Like there was subconsciously last year. I think they more expect to make the playoffs, which is an issue, but they are obviously a talented team. So they definitely have the personnel. If they don't make it, it's not a, I don't think it's a personnel issue. It's a underachievement, potentially, uh, you know, coaching issue you know, whatever mental issue, but it's not so much for a skill. It's not a skill level issue. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, but it is important because I think if you look at every other team in the, in the Metro right now, I mean, the Islanders, obviously right now, I think you you feel like the Canes and, and New Jersey are probably going to end one and two in the Metro. And it really just comes down to that third slot and then potentially fighting it out with the other teams in the, um, in the Atlantic for if you to make a wild card, you know what I mean? I don't expect Detroit and Montreal to hold, uh, you know, cause as, as it stands today, what the, well, Tampa won tonight. So maybe now they're, they're in, but yeah, I mean, you know, Buffalo is a way better team than they were last year. So they have a chance. I mean, the penguins seem to be in a bit of disarray right now, but again, they're still only what two points behind the Rangers with, uh, you know, less yeah, game, a game less played. So, who knows? They could flip the switch. Washington's a weird one. I don't really know what to make of them yet. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. I don't. I don't know if it's one of those things where just because that on those nights where they feel, you know, their stars are feeling young, they're a good team, and then on other nights they don't have it. But like, when you know, the Rangers are in Tampa. I think are two teams that I think should have at least factor in there. So, but the Islanders are playing better and they're on a mission. They're motivated to make. So in a lot of ways, there's, you might be, the Rangers might be looking at fighting to get into the wild card slot. And then you have to fight it out with, you know, a much improved Buffalo Sabres uh, with, you know, uh, potent, you know, potentially the Flyers and the Penguins and hell, even the, the Lightning may potentially, because, you know, Boston's got that top locked up and Toronto's turned it around a bit. And, you know, we'll see with Florida's has been up and down a bit this season, but they're mostly up. So it's going to be tough. You, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a dogfight. So, and 
I think this season, whereas last season they were just picking up points from the teams they needed to beat. This season they seem to, for them, they've been had some troubles with some teams that they should have easily on paper. They, there's no way they should have lost that game to the Sharks, you know, even if they did end up getting a point. But uh, yeah, when they they need to exact their revenge when they go on the road. No, I definitely agree with you, and it's it's weird, and and we kind of we called this kind of really before the season started that some of these teams are not going to be you know, the pushovers that they were last year. We knew the Islanders were going to be better because they couldn't really be much worse. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, you know, it, it's funny. They're still doing this, and they don't even – they're missing, like, players like Palat, and, you know, uh, obviously goaltending is certainly an issue now that Vanacek is down, you know, but the Devils still just find ways to, to win hockey games and get points. And, you know, it, the New York Islanders are this successful, and yet they, you know, they – I don't even think they have a goal out of Barzell yet. So it's just very freaky and weird to see these two teams at the top of the Metro. Um, and, you know, the Rangers are going to certainly be in a dogfight down the down the season because, you know, as of right now, yeah, they're a wild card team, but they're also one of those teams that, um, in, in my opinion, they have the roster to certainly win a Stanley Cup. Like, I, I really truly believe that when healthy, this team, without a doubt, can beat anybody in a seven game series. They have the goaltending. We know they have the defense, you know, the defense. And, you know, it's just going to come down to whether or not our star players show up, whether or not we get some puck luck, whether or not, you know, our power play, you know, stays hot, you know. And, and I'm talking about, you know, hovering around a 30% instead of a, a 22%. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that, you know, the Rangers are so fragile with that if, you know, one of those pieces, you know, isn't fitting perfectly, you know, they collapse. But, you know, hopefully they you get back on track and are able to string a good amount of wins in a row here and start feeling good about themselves, you know, after this road trip. So I, that's extremely important. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The Devils and Islanders, you know, they're both off to a very good start. Do you see either of these teams cooling off and, and coming back to earth? I mean, the Devils have won nine in a row. Uh, I think they both will at times. I think the Devils are more for real than the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders are luck, have Sorokin, which helps, but mostly, and, and I mean, they've found some goal scoring this year under Lane Lambert, which is good, but they're definitely not as good defensively, and they don't generate a lot. They're lucky they score goals because they don't generate uh, a lot of... Uh, shots on goal so if they go through a, a like a shooting percentage bender like the new york rangers have or or you know like a regression at any point the that's a, a slew of games that they could potentially be on the losing end of you know what i mean they got shut out the other night versus detroit um eh, but yeah the islanders i mean excuse me the the devils are they're just hungry to make the playoffs and they weren't getting saves last year even though the metric said they were pretty pretty good team and they're getting them this year even no matter what goaltender and they're also they're out skating their problems but i think with them the it'll be interesting to see because they're clearly motivated and they're feeling themselves right now so they're going to see how long it can keep going so this could go longer before it finally stops but um i guess it's one of those things you look at a team like the rangers last year who are or the the panthers who were motivated to make a statement win the present trophy make us you know and then they literally flamed out in the playoffs and you can argue did they shoot their load in the regular season so that's always something you have to to watch out for you know what i mean but um yeah I, th I i think they both have the potential to cool off but i think the islanders are just so used to playing such a literally i said this to my friend in the game they they their game they play like they they're basically like human narco like 
uh, Sudafed. You know what I mean? You you play them for two periods, you take control, and then you're just kind of like, all right, this game's over. And then they just turn on the third period and they come back and they win the game. You know what I mean? When you were like, well, and you're like half asleep. You're like, what? You have snot come out of your nose. Like, what, ha- what happened? How do we lose? You know? So, uh, you know, more power to them if that's how they want to try to win all season. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, at the very least, though, they do look better than they did last year. Both teams are better look and probably are constructed a little bit better than they were last year. Yeah, I, I do think the Devils eventually cool off. I mean, their their goaltending is eventually going to flail a little bit. I mean, they don't oh, yeah. have Mc, Mackenzie Blackwood is out. Uh, Vanacek got hurt. He's going to be missing some games. So, uh, yeah, it, overall, I think the New Jersey Devils are going to have to cool off. They're just they're not. It, Listen, I mean, stranger things have happened, but there's just no way that this team is, is going to win uh, the Metro. I, I think teams like Carolina will definitely leapfrog them. And, you know, if you want to make a case that the Rangers, you know, if they got hot, certainly could leapfrog them. So, you know, I, I, overall, I listen, I love, you know, I appreciate what the Devils are doing here. It's cute, but the, the, it's going to stop eventually. That's my bold prediction here. Uh, you know, and, and same with the New York Islanders. I just don't think, I think you're exactly right. It's just their style of game is just not as sustainable as what you see in New Jersey or, you know, even just around the league. You know, I, you know, it, it's funny because you have teams like Seattle that are just like finding ways to win. Islanders are just finding ways to win. Even teams like Chicago, where you're just not expecting much from them. They find ways to win, get points. Um, you know, and then LA almost seems like the devils of, you know, the devils of the West where, you know, they're just on a roll, you know, they, they, they're winning four games in a row. Quick look good. They're just, you know, Velarde keeps putting the puck in the net consistently. And there's just that they're having, you know, one of those seasons where everything's clicking and they're pretty cohesive, but, you know, overall, I think some of these teams cool off a little bit, uh, you know, whether or not that means they get bumped out of a playoff spot. I don't know about that because there's not many teams that are, you know, a lot of teams are just churning mud right now. So we'll see. Um, uh, I actually question. had something I wanted to ask you first. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're obviously we're talking about what's, you know, what's been going on with the New York Rangers, what's been going wrong. I do think it's pretty important, especially after this game, to highlight one of the few things that's going right with the New York Rangers. Uh, it seems like Adam Fox says, you know what, I think I'm going to try and win another Norris. Uh, he's been incredible. He's probably been one of the Rangers a few bright spots this season. Uh, after today's game, you know, yet another goal. Did he have an assist as well? But um, he's up to 19 points. He's second in the league for defensemen in points, only behind Eric Carlson, who has 22 points. And again, uh, we'll have, you know, I mean, I think one of the only reasons San Jose is even in the mix, considering they're, I don't think they're still, don't think they're a very good team, um, is his, you know, he's found this, the fountain of youth and he's been excellent again after taking what five years, five years off of being elite. Um, he said, decide to turn back the, the time, but uh, don't look now. Fox is, you know, making uh, ground on him and he's picking up multi point games and scoring goals left and right. And, you know, he logged what I think, uh, Jesus Christ, I think they showed the stat Almost 27 uh, minutes. He, yeah. Tonight. So, he and he's been incredible. He's we questioned at times last season he didn't look as good. I think this season he looks pretty much almost as good, if not better, than his Norris season. He's just been uh, unreal. Listen, man, it, it's it's certainly special to have him on our team. I did take note of the kind of start he's having. I did take note of where he stands among other defensemen. Uh, I didn't really want to talk about it because uh, I'm afraid that I would jinx him. But there's, I mean, he's literally playing perfect. Uh, there's not much else you can expect him, especially offensively. He is having one of those seasons, uh, you know, like two seasons ago when he did win the Norris. You just felt like he was a part of every single offensive play that we have. Uh, and he does it in a weird way. He does it quietly, which is because he just makes everything look so easy. And it honestly looks like he's playing men's league out there. Like even the goal that he had today, like that looked like a men's league goal. It's just like he follows up. He's just so smart. He knows exactly where to put the puck. And I don't know. It's just, there's something so relaxing about his style of play that, you know, it looks so easy when he does it, but the mindfulness that he has out there and just the awareness 
uh, of where everybody else is on the ice is just, it's unbelievable. And, you know, he, he's off to an amazing start and I can't say enough good things about him. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say Norris cause I don't want to like jinx it. Cause you know, he could go on like a 10 game skid where he only has two, two assists. Yeah. But yeah, it's start. It's definitely feeling like that Norris, you know, trophy winning season uh, with Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, I have a question for yeah, you. Go ahead. Speaking of defensemen, because I did want to bring this kid up. I, I'm starting to really like Schneider, like really, really like him. I, like, I, like, I, I just think he's a perfect bottom pairing defenseman who does a lot of good things out there. I don't see much weakness in his game. I think he gets a little lost sometimes with a quicker team with gap control. But overall, when he's playing against a little bit slower competition, like the middle of the pack teams, he really shines. Like he he really does a lot of good things out there. I just I want to hear your thoughts on, you know, on Schneider and is he is he better than what you predicted that he would be? Well, he I thought he got off to a real rough start this season. So, mm-hmm. he was definitely lower than what I thought. And again, I think I've always maintained that with brain Schneider I've always tried to be realistic I think he he is what he is I don't think his ceiling is that of a second pairing defenseman or or a shotgun first pairing defenseman I really don't see that I just don't I and I like I actually like his tools I just don't think his game is I think he's almost perfectly suited for I think he's a third third pairing defenseman that you're so comfortable with that he can maybe log a little bit more minutes than the typical third pairing defenseman but and that's what exactly what you want him to do. No, exactly. And I you know, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this cuz you know me. I think Libor <laughs> Hayek hasn't been that bad the last He few hasn't games. been bad. It's and I mean you see him cre- uh, he, uh he's been mixing it up. He's you know, he was aggressively uh clearing the crease. The last, you know, even though he's getting, I forget who it was on Arizona, but the guy was huge. Was it Lawson Krause, who's a big, big yeah, boy, he's like six think, six yeah. or something, two twenty. Um, and he did the other game versus the Preds, you know. And again, it's I think with him, it's not that he has NHL tools. It's just his toolbox has never been NHL level. It's like he skates fast, but he usually skates fast into trouble. And uh, he's got good hands, but he'll usually like quickly pass the puck into danger he'll pizza it up the ice or make an ill-advised check i mean you still see when he gets time and space in the offensive zone he still acts like literally the he's got dynamite on his on his blade and he's got to get it off so he just like shoots it unscreened into the goalie's bread basket or puts it in the corner where no one can get to it you know but yeah. i'm more concerned about that's not why he's on your team you're more concerned about um you know i mean you're more concerned about him in his own end. So him and Schneider have actually things have settled down a bit. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I've loved what I've seen from them the last few games. And, you know, I, th- yeah, I think, uh, you know, honestly that game versus the Preds, the Rangers weren't that bad. I mean, Saros really just kind of, it was a good game. I don't think it was, you know, obviously you maybe wish Halak had had that first goal, uh, but it wasn't necessarily a terrible goal to give up. It was off the rush. It was a tough shot and it was a good, well-placed shot, but, no, I thought uh, he was definitely um, Brian Schneider was one of their best defensemen in that game, and I think he's like a mini Truba, and that's what they call him. Is that when he teams lean on him and are physical with him, I think he it gets his game going a little bit more. And then when he's just kind of like floating in space, waiting for the game to come to him, and finally gets himself in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, you can just tell the difference, you know, with some of these teams. You know, his game can elevate. I think again, like tonight. You know, it's just like he does all the little things it looks like correctly, you know, keeps his game so simple that, yeah, it, it might not look like he's doing much, but it's exactly what he just needs to do, which, uh, you know, I appreciate. And I think all Ranger fans appreciate after the experiments we've had with, you know, Nemeth and Braun and, and Tenardi and, and all, you know, all those players. So um, the fact that, you know, we're saying, you know, Hayek and Schneider are a bright side so far this season, I, I think is a good thing uh you know and, and again it's you know when a, a a particular player struggles you know it's it's tough because our whole team really does like struggle at once you know it very rarely are you like oh you know like the nashville game like zabanajai could have taken that game over and we would have been like man it's just like we didn't get lucky anywhere except 
you know, we had him. We just, we don't do that. We, it's like a collective group where it's like, okay, everyone's going to have shit luck. Okay. Everyone's on board. We're all going to have shit luck. No one's going to be able to book fucking, um, you know, we kind of got to break out of that mold and, and kind of, you know, lift each other up. Um, like we did last year, you know, you thought, you know, there were games where, you know, our third line would get a couple goals and, you know, you'd be able to win the game two to one. And then, you know, the next game, our power play would go three for four and we'd win with special team. And then the next game we'd get absolutely shellacked and, you know, Igor would, you know, put up a, you know, 38 save, you know, one goal game and we'd be able to squeak out a win in overtime. So, you know, it, it just, we need to get that mojo back where we feel like we can win in any situation. We can win no matter, you know, who's playing bad, who's playing good. You know, we want to feel, you know, a little bit more balanced than just even keeled and, you know, kind of whether these extreme games that we've been having, you know, whether it's the run and gun style that Boston like to play with us or it's the one nothing game, you know, against Philly, you know, the you know, very similar situation to the Nashville game yesterday where, you know, it was so tight, neither team really could score. And, you know, it was almost like a, a game of chess. And then, you know, you open it up against Detroit, you open it up a little bit against, you know, Arizona once you get your legs back. So, yeah, the New York Rangers got to be able to adapt and, you know, you know, change up their style of play and feel confident doing that um, as they progress through the season. Um, you know, I guess we can kind of wrap things up, Andy. Uh, I haven't really gotten a chance to force you to make a prediction here, but, um, you know, how are you feeling about this road trip? How- uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, it's clearly important i i honestly it feels like the rangers have been a little bit more comfortable on the road than they have at home this season uh i don't they have i'm trying to think if you know i they've had some pretty bad gaffes at home and some pretty lackluster periods at home but i think on the road for the most part i've been pretty happy with their play uh so yeah i think it's important i think if there's some seasons where you're you're going to be good on the road so hopefully this is one for them and they can pick up the points they need like you said i don't think of that that four game split uh you know the kings and the kraken are the two to look out for luckily they should be well rested because they don't play again until they're not in seattle until thursday Uh, and we're recording a sunday night so time to practice stay with the family enjoy it almost half a week off and then get out there uh and then and even in that, in that, it's not like they, I, I don't think they have, they only have the last back to back is they play the Kings and Ducks back to back on Tuesday and Wednesday. But, you know, other than that, they play Thursday, day off, game. Then they have uh, two days off. Then they play the Kings. So it should, they should be rested and ready to go for that before and, you know, coming back to the garden. So it, they don't really have an excuse for being tired. They have to perform in these games because I think if you can go on, if you can win three of three, out of those four games, I think you come back in a pretty good spot. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's really important. I agree because when you when you come home, you have the you know the Edmonton Oilers, and then you have the New Jersey Devils at home, and those are two big games too. So you want to feel good about this road trip. You want to come together. You want to bond. You know, let's get back to you know, let's get back to the the ways that we were last year. You know, I know, you know. Listen, I know losing is frustrating, and I know it frustrates these guys after the game having to ask questions about, you know, you know was it a lack of effort? What happened? You know, blew another lead? Like, it gets monotonous sometimes probably for them asking or answering all these questions. But, you know, overall, I, I think as a group, there's nothing better than a good old-fashioned road trip where you're just with the team, you know, limited distractions, and you're trying to right the ship here, you know, I think this could be really good for them. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a fun time of year. Uh, you know, it's November, hockey's still fresh, you know, there's still hope for, you know, all these teams to get on the right track and hopefully make a playoff run. And, you know, for the New York Rangers, I think with the expectations that we've had, um, you know, maybe getting out of New York and, and feeling like, you know, you know, uh, you know g- give an opportunity where you guys can come together, be out of the city, out of the stress of, you know, playing at Madison Square Garden. You don't have to play there for almost two weeks. So it, it, it's a nice, nice time of the year. You get out west. I, San Jose can be cold, but, you know, you have L.A. and Anaheim. That'll be nice. 
get away, get a nice tan. Vinny can work on his tan. And uh, yeah, I, I think and it's important really that we go 3-0-1 at the minimum on this road trip. So uh, Andy, I want you to make an official prediction. I know we have a podcast in between here, but I, I just can't, I can't wait for it. I need a prediction here. All right. I think the Rangers, I... What I want and what I think is going to happen are two totally different things. I think they lose in overtime to Seattle. I think they... Um, I say they win in regulation versus the Sharks. I say they lose to Kings in regulation, and I think they win in regulation to the Ducks. So that's what I think is going to happen. Okay. So they, you know, they basically get, um, you know, out of a possible eight points, uh, they get five points. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. Well, that's not acceptable. I'm, well, I'm, that's I, you, I, yeah. That's not what I want. I, I'm I'm willing to be happily surprised, but I think you know. Listen, if they can win, drop two in overtime, and then just win the other two in regular, or just win the other two, I don't care how. Uh, that works for me. You know what I mean? That's great. You can, as long as that, because that still makes makes it like you won. Uh, you know, won three and lost one. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I want three zero and one. Listen, you you have plenty of time. The rest, get out west. You're playing Seattle. Take a game, beat that team. Then you should beat the breaks off of the San Jose Sharks. Revenge game. You win that one. Listen, you go into LA, tough team. I uh, if you go into overtime, just get them into overtime. And then you know what? You frustrating loss in overtime against the Kings, and then you beat the you know the breaks off of the Ducks, and you head back home. That's what I want to happen. Uh, I don't know if it does it, but I, it's much needed. I need it. I think that you know. I think Ranger fans need it. I think the New York Rangers need it. I think Gallant needs it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know. I, I think I think we need to come out of this road trip with at least the minimum. Six points. I want seven. I think we're capable of doing it. Uh, you know, I just, the magic of last year is dead. That, that's not going to come back to life. You know, we got to find our own mojo this year. We got to kind of write our own script here and get back to the winning ways. Otherwise, it's going to be a long up and down season. You know, we got to find something to play for. And why not, you know, find that on a Western road, road trip? Go find yourselves, you know, play for each other play for this podcast. I don't know. Figure something out. Um, play for Igor I, or Halak. Please get this guy this first win. Um, so, yeah. Andy, that's all I have. Uh, you have anything else? Yeah, I just uh, very briefly wanted to uh, talk about the interesting uh, Rangers prospect Brennan Othman traded from the Flint oh. Firebirds to the Peterborough Peets. Uh, and included in that trade, there's been a quite a bit of chatter that this was... Uh, this was a mutual decision in that uh, apparent the player wanted out, but also the team didn't necessarily want him there anymore either. So there's a lot of smoke about that. Uh, after it happened, Othman did go on Twitter and address it, you know, address some of what he was seeing on social media saying he, you know, he wore the seat with pride and he poured his heart and soul into that organization. And he was friends with the, you know, the boys were like his family and that the, he says the the long and short of it is that his uh, grandparents are sick and being close that closer to home was uh, what he felt it was best for him right now. But that's not necessarily what's being purported. I mean, obviously, he's always purported to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he was serving a suspension for literally shooting a puck into, uh, I think, Saginaw's uh, bench. You know, he got ejected from the game. He got like a what, two game suspension or a yeah. game suspension. So yeah, he's clearly got chip on his shoulder. I think he, there's clearly some. He didn't. Want, it was a tough spot with him not being able to be sent to the AHL. In that, I don't. I think he he felt like he didn't necessarily want to come back to Major Junior, but he's still having a good season. You know, he's still 
arguably the, the deadliest goal scorer in the OHL this season. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I just it's hard to make make you know make it known. So maybe he was just being a problem. Well, because I you know I also saw rumors that it was like he was a problem with the locker room and they were going to mutiny. And I don't know if I believe that, but I definitely could see the organization just being frustrated with him, with the fact that he's their their captain. He's probably vocally wants out and just not a good look for their players or whatever. So, but he gets, he gets his wish. He gets, he gets traded. And I think he, he played tonight. Um, I don't know if he, he did anything, but you know, getting acclimated to a new team or whatever. But uh, I just thought that was very interesting. I also saw a bunch of New York Rangers fans freaking out, thinking that he was traded, you know? <laughs> yeah. Although it's just, you read, nothing was mentioned of the New York Rangers or it might say New York Rangers prospect, Brennan Othman, you know, traded. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, what? Yeah, my thoughts on this. Uh, well, I, I guess it wouldn't really be a New York Rangers prospect is there, if there wasn't, you know, off ice drama. Or in this case, I guess it was on on and off ice. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things where you never know where the mental. You never know where a kid is coming through mentally um, when he probably thinks he's playing in a league that's well beneath him. Uh, he got a little taste of, I think, success in, you know, probably what he thought was a really good camp for himself and, and, uh, you know, a good stint with the New York Rangers, uh, you know, during the preseason, uh, you know, I think he probably read online of how many people, you know, couldn't wait for him to become a New York Ranger. Uh, I think that's tough for a kid, um, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, in a locker room full of kids that dream of, you know, hopefully making the NHL when you have a guy that's definitely going to get his shot one day. And, you know, just I don't really know much about the kid personally, but I can imagine that could cause problems uh, if the kid is not, you know, you know, all there mentally, you know, trying to, you know, do what's best for the team. Again, again, I don't know, but, you know, it's not, it's not too concerning just yet, um, but it's definitely something that makes me scratch my head uh, in terms of, you know, you know, if, if this is another kid that if he's not playing on the New York Rangers, is he just going to, you know, quit everything and just, you know, become this, you know, diva, this demanding diva. So I don't know. Do you have that vibe? Because uh, I don't uh, yet, but I could see it in the future. Uh, I, I don't know if it's so much diva behavior. I think he's, you know, and again, we've seen that, you know, he, in the past, he's had issues with hockey Canada. I think he's, he's definitely makes his opinion known. And you know what? I think he definitely is a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Obviously you hope. And it's one of those things where it's like players that have chips on their shoulder, but then they back it up are like universally lauded. And that, but if you have a chip on your shoulder, and you can't back it up, you are a disgraceful bum. You you fall into like Leah Sanderson territory. So you gotta be careful with that. Right. You know what I mean? We need a cadre. We need a, a guy. Yeah, that... exactly. You you have to and rem- and this funny thing is cadre was kind of seen as a bit of a I don't want to say a joke, but he was seen as a bit of a disappointment because everyone remembers the I'm better than John Tavares comments. Uh, well, I mean, for a couple seasons there, he, 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 he was, was. Yeah, well, he, he it, it took him a it took him a while, but now you know. Um, but still, I mean, it, it took him a while because his first few years, and he it took him a while to put it together. Whereas he was just kind of like a, a basically a bottom six guy, you know what I mean? But you know, it, it, but then obviously, you know, he kind of had the last laugh. But but that's the thing: if you're going to talk the talk, you better make sure you back it up. So. You know, if, if he's going to act the way he acts, it's, if he's putting the puck in the net, I mean, as long as it's not too, it's not, you know, he's not being a bad teammate, then there's not too much you can say. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you got to worry if, you know, sometimes you you have players, when things aren't going your way, you have play, you need players to, like, keep their cool and help help you stay focused and get back on track. And sometimes if you're a player that kind of adds to the negative atmosphere, you're going to make it harder for not just yourself, but your team. And you don't want that. So uh, remains to be seen. I don't think if he comes with the Rangers, I don't think there'll be any issues with that. I think it feels like that would get sorted out almost immediately. If that was type of stuff was going on, if he was coming in, you know, was to come in as a rookie and be, uh, you know, an, uh, a nuisance, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm not really concerned about that at, at the NHL level anyway. 
yeah, I, I just, you know, you never know what kind of kid he is at that level. And then, you know, all he needs is his opportunity here and he could, you know, change his demeanor in a second, you know? Um, yeah, but let's wait to, let's wait to see, uh, how he, you know, fish, finishes out his season and what the Rangers really have in store for him. I would imagine, um, you know, I would imagine at some point the New York Rangers are going to need him and call him up, whether that's, you know, next year or the year after. But, um, yeah. Uh, you have anything else, Andy? Nope. That's basically it. Uh, you need to win (laughs) Rangers. You need to win. You need to finally release the reverse retro jerseys to the public. I agree. Um, even though they are insanely expensive. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just, the Rangers need to keep pace with some of the other teams, their division. I don't necessarily need them to be, uh, finish, you know, atop their division, but I, I don't know if I can deal with it being, you know, so stressful and just not, you know, they have to at least be flirting or constantly in that flirting with that wild card. You know what I mean? I just, right. Cause right now, even if it's a, it's one of those, they're in that part of the season where every every game you're in and out because it's just like a two point swing with you and your competitors, but you have to hold it until you can uh, create some separation because you've seen already starting to see some teams finally fall off. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, hopefully Vitaly Kravtsov can his, uh, his, he gets better from his stomach flu and his, uh, his toothache and that he was seeing in the, in the doctor's chair for, uh, unknown if it was caused by a tooth infection. It's very strange and funny with this whole what what what's wrong with Kraftsoff now thing. Um, because he finally had a good game and then he's out because <laughs> lo and behold. So uh, we'll see. I assume that means he will be okay to go to Seattle on Thursday. Um, but that one game versus Detroit where he was go- where he was good, it pushed everyone else into where they should be in the lineup, and it was a much better result for the New York Rangers. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully enough of the surprises and the bad shooting luck and just the bad luck and the just, yeah, everything needs to settle, settle in and settle down. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.